It's episode 107 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Ellie Prowse. I nearly called you Eleanor Dempsey Eleanor then. Eleanor Dempsey, it was close. Um, but no, we've decided Ellie Prowse for branding purposes. Ellie Prowse. Tell me about Eleanor Dempsey. Uh, so Eleanor Dempsey is a recently created character. Um, she is from Chicago. Um, and she's out. She's reporting on a rainstorm. There's ducks everywhere. It's crazy. Chicago's crazy. The barmen, they're running out of, they're running out of ale. And, uh, and uh, there's some bad behaviour for some miscreants everywhere. And that's Eleanor Dempsey. Right, well, I look forward to hearing more of her adventures. Yeah, me too. Uh, me too. <laughs> cool. You're perhaps best known in the improv world for being a member of the Old Bill. The Old Bill, a yes. A post-Brexit police drama. Yes, post-Brexit, where smoking is allowed indoors. Um, police brutality is apparently allowed, never explicitly said Re- that it is, but it features a lot. Um, it does, and police incompetence also has gone off the charts, probably because of funding cuts, I imagine. So, yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, and how did you get involved in the old bill? Um, so, through the magic, charismatic web that is Catherine Badman, the creator of the old bill. Uh-huh. Um, and she was like, Ellie, I've had another idea! Another one! I have 8,000 ideas a second! <laughs> and here's my newest one. Would you like to be a part of it? And I said, I have always wanted to be in the police and this is the next best thing. So, let's do it. Why not? Um, so yeah, it's really good. Um, we have, it's really good, well, you, Stuart, are also in the old bill. Oh, you've got me banged to rights I've there. Got me rights. <laughs> I'm, I'm going down. Your secret. I'm going down. Um, so you'll know. Um, it is a very good structured way of playing around with some different types of improv, um, and it's a really good format to get a lot of different scenes out of, and to make some quite normal stuff happen, which then leads to well, at least to a murder, doesn't it? Yeah. So. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's right yeah. There's always been a murder when I've been involved. There's always been a murder and it's always grisly. Um, so for example, on Saturday, uh, what happened on Saturday? A kitten was, well, the killer was called the kitten soup murderer. A blender was found at the scene and the killer enjoyed petting kittens. Now, it was never explicitly set out what happened, but I think we all know where it was. There was much about Saturday's show that went unexplained. Yeah. Both for the audience and I believe the cast members. Yeah, I'd say I'd say more or less the entire thing um, for Saturday's pre-party show was, I mean, well, it went off script, didn't it? Even for improv. Yeah, I feel partially responsible for that. I would, I would say you're being extremely generous to yourself there. Um, I'd say you're more or less wholly responsible. Well, let's explore the donuts. Let's explore the donuts. Um, So, police like donuts. That is a cliche. It's a cliche because it's probably true. I don't know. I've never seen... Have you ever seen policemen eat a donut? Not in real life. Yeah. But then I've not spent a lot of time with the police, despite my hard man image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which obviously, you know... I'm surprised. I'm obviously surprised. Because you've got the swagger of someone that obviously... Is a little bit tidy, you know. You know. Uh, Rough edges. (laughs) Uh, But uh, no, I've never seen it in real life. Yeah. I've only in fiction 
Okay, well, they do, probably. Um, you would know this because you wanted to be in the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that, and in your um, extensive research on yeah, that career path. Yeah, the amount of donuts you can fit in your stomach is, I mean, that's the reason I can't do it because I just can't fit that many in. So, really? Yeah, I was rejected on that basis. Right, okay. um, So, yeah, so we decided to emulate the... Um, hard-working bobbies of this country and stuff our faces with donuts whilst on stage yes so the thing with being on stage is that part of your performance is visual but another big part of it is audible yes um, and it actually makes it a lot more difficult to be audible when your face is full of donuts <laughs> yes. and we discovered that didn't we yes yeah I think um, it was a time when it was possibly more fun being in the old bill yes. than watching the old bill. Yes, I sympathise. I'm very sorry for everyone that was in the audience, but <laughs> we had a great time. Yeah. Um, and I got to eat a donut on stage. And I think if you eat a uh, food on stage, it doesn't count calorie-wise. Yeah. Well, because everyone in the scene has to yes and you, so there's no judgement whatsoever. And yeah, it doesn't count. So it's fun. So it it's like the opposite of secret eating, isn't it? <laughs> like stage eating. I might start doing it all the time. It's my new show. <laughs> Ellie. Just scenes in Ellie, which I'm eating something. Ellie eats. Yeah. Yeah. Ellie eats. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> Ellie eats everything. <laughs> she's starting with food, but when she's eating all the food, <laughs> she's going to eat everything else. Umbrellas, <laughs> leaves, rectangles, you name it. I'm going to, yeah, go nuts. So it was mainly my fault that things went awry on Saturday. I, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Well, Ka well, Catherine also, I think she ate two or three donuts. Um, probably as did you. We should, uh, yeah, so uh, the, I think I had two. I don't know, it's when you're on stage, it's so hard to tell, isn't it? It goes yeah. by so quickly. Yeah, yeah. So there was a scene where I had established a character by doing a walk. I had a slump to my shoulders. I sat down in the chair ready to be interviewed. And someone offered me a donut, and then suddenly I was, oh yeah, no, I will, I will have a donut. That was me. Yeah, and my character was then the kind of person that would just accept a donut, and therefore wasn't actually that bothered about being in this police station. Wasn't really that bothered that his brother had just been murdered, so. Yeah, I think we should probably not do the donut thing again. Yeah, on reflection, <laughs> yeah. Well, we could, we could go the other way and eat more donuts. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know. I think it's up for debate. I think we should hold a meeting right, we'll, and vote. We really have to do that then. Yeah, let's vote. So uh, the show starts where um, the two, whoever's playing the two police, um, come on, and it's like it's a briefing in the police room. Yeah. So they're addressing um, a lot of unexperienced, young, possibly nervous police, i.e. the audience. Um, and asking them for some details about what happened in this grisly murder that they've uncovered. Um, so they ask for the killers, um, they ask for an item that was found at the scene, first of all, and then um, an item is handed over. We've had sombreros, uh, we had a packet of crisps once, which was then kind of thrown about the stage and stomped on. Um, then we ask for the killer's MO, so how did the killer do this horrible crime? And then finally, what have the tabloids, dastardly clever as they are, um, grammatically gifted, a lot of them, what name have they come up with for this serial killer? Um, and we usually get some good ones of those as well. People like um, illiteracy, don't they? 
Alliteration? Alliteration, oh, yeah. that's the one. Alliteration in a serial killer name is always best. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they do. Um, and you say that the format allows different types of improv? Yeah, so I I'm think... I'm learning a lot about the group that I'm in, by the way. Oh, OK. <laughs> well, let me educate you, Stuart. <laughs> I haven't been in as long as Ellie. <laughs> um, so, by that I mean, I guess it's probably because we've changed our format a few times. All right, yeah. talk me through the different um, formats. You've so, had. we've gone from a crazy outlandish murder scene immediately and then just trying to work out how the hell that happened. Which is always fun because then you start from the maddest thing that you can think of and then try to work yourself back to a place of normalcy. Whereas now I think we do it slightly differently and we start from a place of normalcy and then just try to work out how the hell this thing happened. Um, but in doing that, you kind of also get to create the weird thing that happened, which is fun because you go from, here's a normal relationship. These people usually like each other. We try not to have too much conflict in that first scene. Um, they usually like each other. And then one of them ends up getting murdered, probably by the other one. And that's fun. How do you end up there? So if anything, Stuart, it's a study of human psychology. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and how much. anyone can just be pushed. Can just be pushed. Um, by anything, by not getting a kitten in the wheel, by your teenage boyfriend getting another girlfriend. Um, yeah, those are just some of the scenarios that have pushed our otherwise held in high regard characters to crazy heights. And uh, one of the things I particularly enjoy is kind of slamming on the brakes and then crunching the gears as you as I steer the narrative towards the thing that was actually mentioned yes yes because it's surprising how often you forget the <laughs> thing that was actually mentioned <laughs> and you go oh we've created this amazing world there's so many reasons why we could have killed each other now like we all hate each other or we're all like crazily in love with each other and anything could just push this scenario well, off of the knife edge um, and into the, I'm mixing all of my metaphors up here, but into the fiery pit that lays below. Um, and then, yeah, Stuart comes along and goes, I think there was a pair of tights <laughs> found at the scene, <laughs> which is strange in this diamond making factory, but there you go. <laughs> I've really been working on remembering stuff. That's the main thing I'm working on at it's the moment. It's so hard. It is really, you're really hard. On well, I mean, we're making stuff up. Yeah, we're yeah. making loads of stuff up and it's really hard to kind of go, oh no, there is something that's real that someone's given us. That already exists and I, I've already got that. Yeah, I agree. Working so hard, you know, you listen to the other person, you're, you know, imagining, you're speaking, you're yeah. doing physicality. Yeah. Yeah, so on top of all that, I'm just trying to remember the three things that we get. Um, and I'm afraid on Saturday, I don't know whether it was the influence of the donut. I instantly forgot everything that we got. Well, I think the thing is with the donut is that there's a lot of sugar rush going on, but it's afterwards, and we, unfortunately, just got the bit of the donut that kind of lags you. Ah. And then afterwards, we were all ready to go, because <laughs> I think the post-show pub conversation was sparkling. But well. that should have happened on stage, really, shouldn't it? Yeah, I do remember you getting into a bit of an altercation with uh, Catherine Badman about uh, who was better... <laughs> Tina Fey or Amy Poehler or Amy Poehler well people have been to war over less I think um, I think there are some strong opinions out there and I think 50% of people are wrong right um, and it is in fact Amy Poehler 
who is superior. And I'm going to tell you why, Stuart. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell you why. That would be very much within <laughs> the idea of the podcast. So, reason number one, Mean Girls. She was fantastic. Tina Fey was also in Mean Girls, but Amy Poehler stole it. Like, Tina Fey's not even that funny in Mean Girls. Anyway, fine. Second point. In Tina Fey's book... Bossy Pants. Bossy Pants. She does this thing that I hate, where she kind of says that she's not very good at everything, and then presents a lot of evidence as to why she actually is. <laughs> like, oh, I'm not really that good at acting. Oh, what's this? My Cabinet of Acting Awards. <laughs> Um, and then I somehow, beyond my knowledge and know-how and wherewithal, just succeeded wildly, beyond anyone's expectations. Whereas Amy Poehler is a bit more like, yeah, I worked bloody hard. Sometimes I can't believe it and kind of look around and go, does everyone else know that I'm just making it up as I go along and I've got no idea, no more than anyone else does. Whereas, but she kind of accepts that actually she probably does know a bit more than anyone else does. Whereas Tina Fey just kind of keeps... Oh no, I'm, this has all happened by accident. Um, and I don't like that. There's nothing wrong with working hard to get where you want to be, I think. And lots of people try to pretend it happened by accident, including Tina Fey. Right, fair enough. Yeah, and Amy Poehler is in Parks and Recreations, which is obviously much better than 30 Rock. Right. So, and I'll fight anyone that says I'm happy to do that, that's fine. I can do that. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that can be arranged. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> On the next Prof London podcast. <laughs> um, uh, you wanted to be in the police when you were a child? Really? Um, actually, more recently than that, um, I decided I wanted to be... I left university and I had an English degree. And I decided that the logical thing to do with that was to become a police officer. Um, now, I graduated... I don't know if you remember this recession that happened, like, seven or eight years ago. But anyway, I graduated in the middle of that. And it's also when they had savage, savage police funding cuts. Um, and there were basically no jobs available at the level that I wanted to go into, apart from, like, in, like Yorkshire or something. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and live there. Um because of multiple reasons. Yorkshire's a lovely place, but it's not where I want to go and live at this stage of my life. Fair enough. Um, so then I decided to do the next logical thing that one does when you have an English degree, which is become an accountant. Yeah. Uh, Stuart pulls a puzzled face, yeah. <laughs> which suggests that we would need more explanation to this comment. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I figured I could add up words and make them do nice things. So why not do the same with numbers? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And here we are. Um, but I could still join the police, who knows? And then wouldn't that be beautiful? Yeah. In real life. And then I could invite all of my police friends along. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply, guys. <laughs> Next time I'm on here, that's what I'll be talking about. Um, and you're also also in Dempsey and Badman. Dempsey and Badman, yes. Um, a a character-based duo. Um, we have a few different formats one of which is the only one that we've actually ever performed in or rehearsed actually we've come up with a lot of ideas and i've never done them um and also Stuart, i feel that we owe you quite a lot here because you actually came up with our format um so yeah um so our format is we have four chairs and in each chair lives a character we create that character just by walking around and seeing what happens. Um, and then we congregate as a foursome and Catherine and I each play each character whenever the hell we want by going and sitting in that chair. Um, 
So we've had some amazing conversations about seagulls whilst in a ski lift with a Bristolian youth. Um, We've had some existential crises in bookshops. Um, And we discussed how the deleted scenes are always the best part, apparently. (laughs) Apparently. So are you asking for a suggestion at the start of the uh, show? Uh, Yeah, we kind of, we don't really think of what suggestions we want. We just ask what we're thinking on stage. So we kind of ask, like, what's the best holiday you've ever been on? Where was your first kiss? What is the weirdest thing that you've ever eaten on toast? So I should be writing these down as emergency yeah, 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 questions, yeah, yeah, yeah. shouldn't you I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're very important. What's your favourite ice cream flavour? Yeah. What is your favourite ice cream flavour? Um, I think it's. Oh, you see, I'm, I'm trying to choose. I really like the one with brownies in it. Um, Ooh, or like cookies and cream. Uh, brownie. In more chocolate brownie kind of thing rather than the. Okay, like Ben and Jerry's. Like, yeah, 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 that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Got Though I'm also fond of fond of uh, cookie dough. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Ellie draws for mm. the benefit of the day. I mean, Ellie will probably be eating this in a. <laughs> in Ellie eats it all. Yes. Ellie eats it all. <laughs> Ellie, also, it's Ellie eats it all. all. I love also it. Good. Yeah. Okay, that's my first show idea. <laughs> Can I eat an entire tub of Ben and Jerry's on stage in 15 minutes whilst also creating an improv scene? Yes, I can. <laughs> that's I mean, the answer. The thing is, it's a no-lose scenario. It because, really is, isn't it? Like, this is what I love about it. Apart from when I have to do my next show, um, which is Ellie buys a whole new wardrobe because she's put on eight stone. Ellie sits on an exercise bike and cries for an hour. <laughs> this is a great brainstorming exercise. Can we do this again? I've come up with so many ideas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm happy to, uh, you know, uh, come into, uh, I was going to say my office, but we're sat in Regent's Park at the yeah. moment. Come into my park and let's discuss your future. That was weirdly creepy. Um, so you play different characters in Dempsey and yes, Batman. Yes, play lots of different characters. What's your way into portraying different characters? Oh, that is a good question. Um, depends on the mood, but usually the physicality, so the walk that you first, you kind of stride off and you go, what kind of walk am I doing? Um, and your shoulders might be hunched up and then you're like, why my shoulder? Why is this person's shoulder? Oh, maybe they're suspicious about something. Maybe they think that everyone's talking behind their back. Maybe they think that the world's against them. Or are my knees a bit loose? Am I very relaxed about the rules that my mum sets for the house and I don't understand why she's so on my case all the time, etc. So yeah, that's how. That's really interesting. So you sort of focus on a bit of your body and then almost just that story or yeah, sort of an element yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you kind of that. lead with like. That's a classic improv exercise, right? Like you lead with a part of your body and then you're like, why is this person leading with this? What kind of, like your nose? And you're like, no, I'm snooty, obviously. Now I must be a snooty person who owns the manor and they're trying to stop me hunting my own deer and I shan't. I shan't. <laughs> so you're, you create a character and then that character becomes attached to that chair. Yes. And then whoever sits in the chair then plays that character. Then plays that character, yes. Um, and then the audience will very kindly give us a, um, a situation in which four people will meet and be forced to speak to each other. Um, so as I said, we've had what have we had. We've had ski lift, bookshop, sauna. Sauna was kind of weird because 
like in your underwear, aren't you? And you're just kind of like, oh, okay. But Bookshop was really good. Um, ski lift was actually good because Catherine and I had no idea. Catherine's very posh, so you'd assume that she'd know what the mechanics of a ski lift are. Um, and I'm very sporty, so I suppose that's also probably fair. But no, no idea. Not a clue. Fair enough. Don't, still don't know. <laughs> You're not, you're not the sort of person, uh, the sort of improviser who once they uh, experience a scene, if they don't know about it, they'll then go away and research it. Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. The worst thing that you can do, in my humble opinion, the worst thing that you can do after an improv scene is ever think about it, ever again, except maybe if it was really a complete disaster and you just kind of went on stage and went, you're all right. And that was it. Then you can think about it and just kind of think, maybe I won't do that again. Um, but otherwise, it's happened. It's never going to happen again. Leave it. Just leave it there. Do you not think there are lessons to be learned? I think there are lessons to be learned in doing more stuff. I don't feel like rehashing over the stuff you've already done. But this is just my... I know that lots of people like to analyse what they've done and kind of think about where, where they could have done better. I like to think about new things that I can do and how I can do better then, or not even do better, how I can just explore more and find more out that's already there than go back and think, oh, why did I do that? Because I feel like we all probably do that enough all the time anyway. There's not really any need to do it in something that's supposed to be fun because it is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be fun, yeah. yes. We're not getting paid. Yeah, exactly. If you are, then you're very lucky. Very lucky. <laughs> and then, person. you know, you can afford not to have fun. But, oh, well, yeah, exactly. Should, should have fun, though. We should yeah. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm very much the um, analyse what I did because I want to get better. But I try and do it in a way that I don't beat myself up about it. Yeah. I mean, there are various things about Saturday night that I won't do again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Come on. Eat donuts. Yep. Um, take quite so long getting the ask falls at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> that was the longest asking questions in the world. There were four interruptions. Sir, are you going to get on with it? <laughs> I'm trying to open the donut packet. Yeah, I, I think it added something. I liked it. Well, I'm glad that you liked yeah. it. But yeah, it was a bit self-indulgent. And it was a bit more what I do. I think our whole show on Saturday was a bit self-indulgent though, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, Given was... that we literally sat on stage and shoved sugary treats into our faces and didn't really say anything funny and made people watch us. Yeah. No, I said something funny. You did say something. Yeah, we all said something a bit funny. <laughs> but yeah, no, it wasn't... Yeah, it was, no, you are right. I wasn't the only person being self-indulgent. Yeah, we were all very self-indulgent, I think. <laughs> Aside from, obviously the rest of the group other than us two who were nothing but giving generous with their time their patience their creativity beautiful people all yeah of them. their souls just their souls really so tell me about the unused Dempsey and Badman formats okay so the unused Dempsey and Badman formats so one of them which in the harsh light of day might not be the best idea that we've ever had after the best part of a bottle of rosé each maybe but i don't know that's i mean i'm gonna leave it out there and just let it sit and see what the reaction is um so we thought improv from inside the sex industry but in a really boring way in like the head office of ann summers where they all kind of sit around and they 
you know, I, not even design sex toys because that's too that's too zazzy. I think I want like the people who write the labels for the sex and like you know do the invoicing and stuff. But it's such a weird scenario to be in where you're like, this is my everyday life. I have to look at these things and know the name of these things. As the only person in this conversation who has worked in the head office of Anne Summers, <laughs> I didn't know if I could mention it. I'm so <laughs> glad that you did. <laughs> uh, much much more mundane. Uh, it's like any other office. Um, but that's so weird. That's so weird. How can it be like any other office? I totally understand that it is. I just don't understand how it is. It's, you become, you know, I mean, I think when you first start, you well, this is an unusual <laughs> scenario. Normally, if you look at this sort of material uh, at work, you get into trouble. Yeah. Whereas here, if you're not looking at porn, uh, <laughs> then you'll get into trouble. It's a complete reverse of the normal expectations of the office environment. And I was able to adapt immediately as soon as I left. It's all right. But um, yeah, it's a weird thing. It's very weird. Like once at work, we had to, one of our suppliers was called Cockshaw. And honestly, like we still make jokes about it and it was four and a half years ago. So if I had to work in a workplace where, you know, you were working with all kinds of dildos and I don't even want to imagine what else other kind of stuff but you know the names that they must have had like I don't know the Razzie Rabbit like the um the Horny Hound I'm literally I don't know sex toy names I'm making them up I've the got... Horny Hound's weird I, re I regret that I regret that one you may be making them up but you're painting pictures with your words I'd like to be another idea for an improv show where you just make up names of sex talk. We could do that in the improv in Anne Summers one. We could hold a brainstorming session and it would be nothing but the names of sex toys. Or like lube gels. I feel like that would be a fun one to make up names for. Um, like Giggly Ginger. I would have thought. That's ginger I... flavoured, not for ginger. <laughs> just to be clear. That's well, I mean, I hadn't even thought of that, but I was thinking, I, I mean, I... Ginger, is that not... Hot, or it also sort of implies like gingerly, like oh, yeah. approaching gingerly. But yeah, no, you're right, it is very spicy. Oh, we, oh, we could have to tagline spice things up. Oh. Aren't you supposed to eat ginger if you're feeling nauseous? Yes. So Another thing that you don't want in the bedroom, being nauseous, so. Have a, have a, have a ginger nut. Have a ginger nut. <laughs> this is a wasted career option, I'm going to do this instead. Well, it's good, you know, it, I mean, I'm sure the accountancy will work out, but if, if not, you've got the police, yeah. you've got the uh, working in the head office yep. uh, of Summers. I mean, I know where that is, so I can I'll point you in that direction <laughs> yeah, quite do. easily. Put in a good word for me. In a good word. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so our show is basically going to be this, I imagine. Um, but we also kind of imagined ourselves as two, you know, like Linda and Karen or something. We just kind of deal with the processing of the invoices and we print out the labels and they've all got names and we just kind of talk about the names um, but do people that work somewhere talk about the work that they're doing yeah they don't really do they no they could possibly avoid it no but I want to imagine that if I worked in the headquarters of Ann Summers that would be different but it would also just be, they would, it would punctuate your normal conversation sometimes, wouldn't it? So you would be talking about what you did at the weekend and someone would be like, Oi, Linda, have you got those 500 red rivers? And you'd be like, oh, those are the bum ones? And they'd be like, yes. And then that would be 
and that could just someone's job someone else could come into the put into the show and that could be their job to chuck stuff like that in. <laughs> red rivers i don't know i don't know i don't know any names that's fair enough um i've um it's a long time since i've worked there so i'm all my knowledge is really out of date yes and i have to say i just i mean we did have staff discount right okay fine uh and we were we had to give our order to the foreman in the warehouse that was next door oh. and then it was oh god Oh, I bet he was a really nice man to talk to as well. You had to be like, excuse me. <laughs> but it was just every day. It was just, you know. Was there any um, kind of shame around that in your workplace? No. No shame whatsoever? No. Okay. No, I'm not saying there should be. Just yeah, obviously yeah, yeah. in a normal workplace, if you were like, oh, George, just whilst I remember, yeah. can I put in the order for that? Yeah, you know, the massive one, the really huge, the biggest <laughs> one we've got. You know, that one. <laughs> well, I say there was no shame, but I never placed an order in the warehouse because I was too ashamed, so. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> ashamed, just embarrassed. <laughs> so that's a brilliant format. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to seeing that on the stage. <laughs> that's one of the formats. Let's not um, mix it up with Ellie Eats It All. Ellie <laughs> Oh, maybe in that one, I could sample different lube flavours and give my culinary criticism of them it would from be. a purely taste perspective. I worry that then you'd have to come on and do the one with the exercise bike because you'd eat too much. Can you imagine you go to your doctors and they're like, your BMI has tripled and you're like, yeah, I did the show where I tasted loads of lube. <laughs> my tongue's really slippery. <laughs> and like weirdly tingling all the time <laughs> also uh, numb I don't what's going on you had uh, the ginger uh, I can't remember what it's called now I can't talk because it's always <laughs> stiff <laughs> that's not the lube you've been eating that's a different product <sighs> yeah so this is the direction that Anne Summers improv within the sex industry is very much going to Take, I imagine. Brilliant. Um, so this has been a preview, actually. Yeah. Of that. Yeah. Okay. Um, other formats that Dempsey and Badman have appropriated, yet not rehearsed, just full top. Um, so one that actually doesn't involve Dempsey or Badman. Whoa. I know. Is um, this is because the name is fantastic. So Unai, who was also in the old Bill, um, his name lends himself well to hosting a kind of chat show format. Um, where he just interviews someone, anyone, for any reason. Made up reason, it could be a made, it's probably going to be a made up reason, isn't it? Because it's going to be an improv show. Um, yeah, about made up things from a made up person. Um, and it's going to be called Unai and I. <laughs> um, a Dempsey and Badman production. I can't help but think you came up with a name and then retroactively created that the That is exactly format. what's happened. That is exactly what's happened. Um, and uh, how has Unai uh, taken the suggestion of this uh, Dempsey and Badman production? Um, so he kind of did like a laughy face on WhatsApp and then changes the subject every time it's brought up around him. So I think he's excited. Um, <laughs> I think he's keen to come on board, is the hint that I'm taking at the moment. Um, so yeah, so I'm excited as well. Yeah, it's looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, and then the final idea that we have had is um, I'm struggling to remember the details of this format so it's called Letters to Burn 
and it's either so you know the old um you're trying to get over a breakup or someone's really really pissed you off so you write them a letter and it, you just get all of your feelings like ugly ugly cry all over the page like scrawl it like carve it in write it in blood that kind of thing and then you set it on fire and the idea is you've released all of this pent-up emotion and then it just gets carried on into the wind and it's then out in the world which isn't a very nice now that i think about it you should probably just keep it just internalize it and just keep it in yes it's an interesting one or just say it to the other person and make them deal with it and carry the can on that is it better that these words and thoughts are out in the world rather than you having to carry them around though yeah but then they might accidentally get into someone else so, I think that's uh, how air works <laughs> and like fire and stuff so yeah I don't know I don't know pretty sure that's how it works yeah yeah so how would that work on stage would you actually get yeah, a fire yeah so this fire? is the bit that we so this was one of the last ideas we'd had um, after the bottle of rosé because it was a bottle of rosé realistically wasn't it um so this was the last so details are a bit foggy it was either that we write the letters i imagine from an improv perspective because no one wants to hear a letter that we actually need to burn i think we all want um, to hear that i mean we all want to hear each other's letters that we have to burn realistically <laughs> don't we as long as the person it's directed at isn't in the room oh i prefer it when they are that would be amazing. Can you imagine being that vindictive to organise a whole show where you do that and then you actually just read out this letter and you're like, and you get to the end and you're like, you know, really peaceful and and then you just kind of go, this is about you, by the way, in case there was any doubt. Get someone you. on the light to, uh, you yeah, know. Yeah, 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 shine a spotlight. Um, that would be quite mean. Yeah, it would be very, it would be very mean, don't I do it. I thought it was funny, but now I think, oh, that's... Yeah. Unless they were really evil. But then, then you'd be really evil as yeah, well. Therefore and, doubling the amount of evil um, in the world. Very much against that. Yeah, very much against more evil. Um, so either we write the letters down honestly or not honestly and then do improv from it. Right. Maybe we could improv the letters as we go. Maybe we, some, we could get someone to give us a grudge. Yes. And then we, oh, that could work. And then we could do like a letter at a time. Yeah. A word at a time. Sorry, not letter at a time. That would take forever. <laughs> and then everyone would be trying to spell it. That would be so difficult. Oh, I thought you meant as in a letter you write to somebody like dear such no, and such. No, no, you could do that. What I meant was word at a time, but letter at a time would be impossible. Those letter at a time yeah. stories. They, that as a game yeah. has never really and caught every, like, off. On average, every five <laughs> word, every five things that you said would be space. <laughs> Um, it would be terrible. That's an awful idea. I totally want to do a letter at a time <laughs> yeah, story a time now. Story. Yeah, 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 I kind of do. How's that going to work? <laughs> o. M. G. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, not... so you could do you could do it a word at a time. A letter at a time would be also great, though. <laughs> Maybe you'd need four people for that to work, though. And then each so two people could do a word at a time letter and then in response another two people could also do a word at a time letter ah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so you'd be yeah, like hi sam you have really grinded my gears dear samantha i love you etc yes that that as a format i think would work yeah i think that'd be good so yeah that could be what letters to burn is um, it could also be, I think we were definitely toying with the idea of asking the audience to bring in letters that they wanted to burn, completely anonymously. Right. Or also made up, because it's anonymous, so you could make it up. Um, and then, I guess we read it out, burn it, and then 
You can't really burn stuff in a minute. This would have to be an outdoor. This would have to be an outdoor event. Park prov. Park prov. You can um, have a barbecue at the same time, and then you'd have could... delicious food and burn yeah. it in your show. Or we could eat it. We could crumble it up and eat it, and then it would be like a all. hybrid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that would be the only time that show ever happened. <laughs> Ellie eats it all. And this is the part where I eat the lettuce. Um, yeah, that could work. But then you wouldn't know where the letter had been. And if someone didn't like you in the audience, they could have done all kinds of horrible things with it. <laughs> I'm just always worried about secret enemies. That's <laughs> I'm sure you don't have any secret enemies. I hope not, but you never know. You can't be too careful. Due to the fact that they are a secret, you wouldn't know that they were your enemy. Exactly. That's the worst kind of enemy. That is the worst or is it the best? Enemy. No, the worst because of the letter thing that I've just oh, told yeah, you yeah. about. Yeah. Well, I would say if you don't eat letters, yeah, then your, your secret enemies can't get you. Yeah. Unless you eat anything else, and then they could have got you then. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure you don't have any secret enemies. I'm sure, I'm sure I don't as well, but I'm, just in case, on I mean, the off chance. Or not even a secret enemy, some people are just like, uh, I just want to see the world burn, don't they? So they'll be like, oh, I've put some mustard on this letter. Now they'll eat it. I've, I've put some red river <laughs> on this. I know it's red revers, as in like something that revs. Oh! Yeah. Rev rivers. Red uh, river. A red river. Yeah. All right. Yeah. The joke is always funny when you have to explain it. Oh so. yeah. <laughs> I uh, I was getting confused by the idea of a priest. Uh, Ooh. The red river. Oh. Oh yeah. Also that it could be that as well. <laughs> you know. God. That's the thing when someone misses this whole other like alternate reality springs up, doesn't it? What could have been? Oh right. Yeah. No. Red river. It's a lot better than Red River, which it's is what so I've got. It's so much better. Because <laughs> that's much, why I was like, better. oh, I think, well, I'm not sure I, I like the place we've gone to with Red yeah, River. No, 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 but Red River, place. oh, no, I'm on board In for that. In the internet reality, that's, fine. that's a crappy place to go to. But I'm... Red Rivers is fine because it's all, you know, buzzy and it sounds quite sexy. And like, I don't know. Does it? It doesn't, does it? But it's more sexy than the other one. Yeah, so. yeah. I definitely want to be in your <laughs> alternate reality. Where I said that, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> Do you have a improv book that you particularly enjoy that you'd like to tell everyone about? Do you read improv books or do you just learn it from I tend not to ever read any improv books, ever. Um, The exceptions are Tina Fey, which I don't know if I've mentioned, but... um, (laughs) You might have a secret enemy after that. Yeah, oh yeah, maybe. I'm probably actually going to make myself a lot of secret... Well, actually, no, it depends on the percentage of this of the people that listen to this podcast ah. and the amount of people sitting around us in Regent's Park right now who also may be secret Tina Fey lovers. I think I they're know. too interested in kissing. Yeah, they're just actual lovers. Um, <laughs> Amy Poehler, um, whilst not specifically about improv, is still a lovely book. Um, I think I read Amy Poehler's book. Actually, this is not a link I'd consciously made before, but I did read Amy Poehler's book immediately before beginning an improv class. Really? Yeah. I, that wasn't why I tried it, but I did read it immediately before. Oh, that's so weird. I never thought of that before. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, but I just like I really love her as a person anyway, in case I haven't mentioned. Um, but I just loved when I hadn't thought about it about actually going to improv classes I just love the idea that was completely new to me then of like yes ending things and she kind of had it as an approach to life as opposed to just an approach to improv 
Um, and I just remember reading that at a really kind of shitty point and just being like, yay, that's a much better way of looking at things. I'm going to start doing that. Um, so yeah, that was really uplifting. And Rachel Dratch, who also writes a lot about improv, um, she's almost, that book is almost too honest, but I just love it anyway. I really love people that, um, you know, like sometimes you kind of reveal something about yourself and the other person is a bit, ooh, and then you, the same thing happens to you where someone reveals too much to you and you kind of think, did I think that person was an idiot for doing that? Or do I just kind of wish that everyone did that more often and we could all just reveal like honest things about ourselves. Um, so I love people that do that, so I loved it. I thought she was really good and she was very honest about how vulnerable she is as a person and I enjoyed that. Cool, I have not read uh, any of her books, so I must do that. Oh, it's she, so it's her autobiography, hmm. um, but it's very good. Cool. And I love her. Check that out. Yes, cool. uh, so how did you... So you read uh, Amy Poehler's book, yes. and then how did you discover improv? So I discovered improv. I needed a new hobby because I am a very sporty person, and I was trying to join team sports. Turns out I'm really good at sports. Well, not really good. I can do and not hurt myself single-person sports. Any kind of team sports, for some reason, I just get like, I'll hit myself in the face with a tennis racket. I had to stop playing netball because I broke my fingers so often. It got to the point where it had been two years and I only had like three weeks where I one of my fingers wasn't broken. Oh. Um, I must have like really weak fingers. Like, I don't understand what's going on. But yeah, because a netball hits you smack on the point of your finger. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it just breaks it. So, and I got one quite bad break where like the nerve kind of came off and stuff. So I had to stop doing that anyway. So, can't play team sports, that's a good after work hobby. And then I was like, what the hell am I going to do? Because I'm drinking three nights a week um, and that's already enough and I can't do any more than that. So I need to do something. Um, I found, so I was just kind of looking for things to do in Balham and I think that's where Hoopla first mm. started. Um, so I found an advert for that, turned out they didn't do it in Balham anymore, but they did do it the other side of London. At this point, I'm so excited about the idea of trying improv. I'm like, I don't care if it's not in Balham, I'm going to wherever it was, Farringdon or something, which took like an hour and a half to get home. Oh no. <laughs> At like nine o'clock on a Thursday and I was like, done. But I loved it, fell in love with it from the very first class um, and just didn't look back and I just kept doing more and more classes. Um, I still enjoy classes more than performing, I think. I oh, don't really? know if anyone else feels that way. Um, I just like, I think I like playing with it a lot more than necessarily showing it to anyone else. <laughs> Um, because that for me is just where the fun happens as in you're just not worried there's no not that there's a huge like performance anxiety or anything but you know when you're doing it in front of an audience there is a bit more of that whereas yeah. if it's just completely for fun purposes you're just playing around I yeah for me that's their sweet spot I uh, like that so like rehearsals for me are always much more fun yeah that's interesting yeah like I, I like performing I would just I just like rehearsing better yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I've not really thought about that um, sort of dichotomy between the sort of, the, yeah. So I'm a nightmare for breaking on stage in that I, if I think what I'm doing is funny, I will laugh. I think that's fine. A lot. I'm totally on board with that. It's really with. hard not to, like if you're genuinely, or someone else is doing something hilarious, because obviously it's not always just me, obviously, you know. Mainly Yeah, my other teammates are really good as well. Mainly um, But yeah, like if something makes me laugh, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna find it very difficult to not laugh at that. I, I agree, and I, I, 
I, well, when Bryn and I, especially with Dr. Tuprot, mm. we make each other laugh all the time. You do make each other laugh all the time when you're doing Dr. Tuprot. And I, I don't think that that show would be better if we kept a straight face all the time. I don't That's think. true. That's true. I mean, maybe it depends on the show. Um, but my personal favourite type of humour to watch is like the very most serious end of deadpan that you can get like where you say the most drop dead hilarious thing and the face is just like a slab of granite uh. um, where like in this character's world this is completely normal this is nothing that should attract hilarity whatsoever whereas I'm like on the floor crying because that's so stupid um, and I would love to be able to do that <laughs> and I just can't because like the side of my mouth just opens and I'm suddenly like cackling through it and then this whole facade is destroyed. Whereas like if you're in rehearsals, that's hilarious because you can just kind of talk through it. Um, but when you're performing, I feel like you need to justify why this character is suddenly maniacally laughing at this thing that they just a moment ago thought was normal. Oh, you see, I, I'm less interested in explaining it because I'm watching, when I'm watching an improv show, I'm watching the two levels one is what the characters are doing and following that story but i'm also watching the improvisers and how they interact as improvisers okay. so you've got the kind of the improvisers interacting with the other improvisers and you've got the characters improvising the characters interacting with each other yeah and i'm enjoying it in both ways so okay maybe that's something to think about then maybe next time i won't worry and i'll just I'll just throw my hands up in the air and just laugh anyway, a lot. Yes. That's what I'll do. Do that. That's what I'll do. Next <laughs> time on stage. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, so if someone were to step on stage of you, what could they do to delight you? Ooh, that is a good question. What could someone do to delight me on stage? Um, just give me the most, not even over the top, just the most believable character. I love it when there's, and I know the person, I love it when I know the person and they step in front of me and I just completely believe that they are someone entirely different. And also, it's usually better if you like them. If they've come on as a character and you just immediately know that whoever you are at the moment, you like them. Um, and that might lead to some conflict later down the road, doesn't matter if it doesn't, but like, yeah. And then you just love them. They're hilarious, you're hilarious. That's what someone could do to delight me. Hooray. Hooray. And what's your what's your signature move? What's classic Prowse saves the day, brings the house down every time? Just... An accent. Yeah? Yeah. I love doing I'd never do them anymore, but I love doing accents, like a northern accent. Like it's just it's just funny. Like <laughs> not if you're obviously if you're What kind of northern accent is funny? You know like the kind of woman who's lived in Yorkshire all of her life? And has got a last name like Battersby or I don't know, she's from Grimsby or she owns like a royal wedding tea towel. Like Well, I mean I used to live in Grimsby. Did you? I did, yeah. Did you really? Did really Does everyone yes. talk like amazingly? Um I think very much like Anne Summers, it was just how everyone spoke, so it was just normal. It didn't yeah. seem uh, unusual. Yeah, no, that's true. Well, because I, I used to live in Liverpool and I always noticed that people spoke in a strange way because um, Scouts kind of bark at you, like I love it, yeah. it's a very barky accent and I enjoy it but it's very barky and that's difficult for me to tune out that it's barky. But anyway, I feel like people from that kind of area 
talking about mundane things to me that's that's hilarious i love that so much <laughs> just like talk if i heard someone with that kind of accent like an over-egged no one actually speaks like that accent talking about how a computer was broken <laughs> well say they were talking about something like nuclear physics, that would just crack me up i would be done for the rest of the day that's so funny cool. yeah. uh, so funny accent that's well not even a funny accent just an accent um, talking about something that stereotypically you may not expect that person to talk or bad accent bad accents are also really funny I like a bad accent um, like when someone does an Australian accent and they can't do an Australian accent and they commit to it anyway um, that's great that's joyous to watch who doesn't want to watch that <laughs> cool uh, big final question big final question what would you like the future to hold for either you as an improviser or the improv scene in London in general? Hmm. Um, for me as an improviser, I'm gonna answer both of your questions, that's what I'm gonna do. Um, for me as an improviser, I would just like to have even more fun um, because I honestly think in the most cheesy way possible, improv has helped me a lot. I'm sure everyone that does improv, well, let's say 90% are kind of a bit awkward and you know came from a place of maybe going oh my god I could never get on stage and say anything let alone nothing that anyone's told me to say I have to make it up I can't even make it up in normal everyday conversation um that was definitely me before starting improv so I feel like um having that level of fun whilst also doing the thing that used to terrify me more than anything else I could imagine um can only be a good thing and I would like to do more of that. Um, for the improv scene in London, I hope it keeps just continuing to get bigger because even now you can see there are more opportunities to perform. I think there are, maybe it's because I do it now, but there are so many more people talking about it. There are so many groups to join. There are so many people doing some really great things. Um, unlike, you know, like the gender side of things and like um, LGB other letters kind of stuff. Um, and I love that, I think it's so inclusive and it's just really cool and I just like it and I hope it gets bigger. Hooray! Yay! Thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Thank you for having me, yay! yay. 107, it's the best number. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I made this. That's Improv! <laughs>